There's only one Christmas. There's only one Christmas. There's only one Christmas like this. A little precious baby, a heart that loves forever. There's only one Christmas like this. Tonight I'm dreaming of Christmas. What a wonderful, wonderful day. The dew. On the fields was glistening. The night the angels came down. Far away, a star was leading. Three kings to a heaven. Sight. The babe, precious Jesus, was swaying in the arms of his mother that night. There's only one Christmas. There's only. Only one Christmas. There's only one Christmas like this. A little precious baby, a heart that loves forever. There's only one Christmas like this. On the hills were singing songs of sweet lullaby. Silent night, holy night, sweet Jesus. The night the angels. Yes, tonight I'm dreaming of Christmas. Ah, the night of our dear Savior's birth. Precious night, precious memories forever. What a wonderful, wonderful day! There's only one Christmas, one Christmas. There's only one Christmas like this. A little precious. Precious baby, a heart 
that loves forever. There's only one Christmas like this. Precious baby, with a heart that loves forever, there's only Hello, everyone, and I hope you've enjoyed that uh, beautiful organ playing and uh, this song about there's only one Christmas. And, and this is a great day, um, December 25th, 2011, and it's a, a beautiful day that we call Christmas. Now, this is Christmas Day, and whether it be historically the actual day of the birth of Christ or a chosen day uh, to remember that event, it matters not. Christ was born, and that is what matters. Blessed is Christ, and holy is his wonderful name. And though in history and mythology other lives have been expressed to have lived similar experiences to the Christ, it matters not. For the life that Jesus was to live and the experiences that Jesus was to have were written in the stars, were written in the word of God long before his birth. His patterns and experiences lived by other persons were nothing more than signs of the coming of the Lord who was the real and true Jesus Christ. Praise be to our Lord. I honor him. Such a precious person. Such a holy name. That it is said to have died with criminals was such a terrible, disgraceful thing that has no downgrading on him. Because that event by his resurrection, act of rising again amidst the angels, modified anything that could have been said against him as to that effect. He is my Lord, my Lord of hosts, my King, and I love him, and I always will. And I am so thankful on this 25th day of December 2011 for the birth of Jesus Christ. And I am a total follower of Jesus Christ. And today as we get into some of these teachings, it will be different than some of you people have ever heard before. Don't let that alarm you 
but try to open your minds and try to be open-minded because I want you to know that the that Jesus himself said, I have many things to share with you, but you cannot bear them now. There were things shown to 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 uh, you know Paul, which he when he went up to third paradise and he said, you know it's not lawful for, not lawful for me to tell you those things, but that doesn't mean, ladies and gentlemen, that those mysteries will be kept mysteries forever. God has a plan and has a time, and He is always wanting to reveal these things to the people and to show them the mysteries and to reveal them because they are beautiful things. Now, we're going to be reading a good deal of, of uh, you know, uh, Scripture. But first I want to share something uh, with you uh, out of the book of Star Rise from the Holy Manifest, a... Um, a revelation given to me by Gabriel the angel a long, long time ago. And it has to do with the mother of Jesus Christ and, and, and the birth of Jesus Christ. And it goes like this. The search for the lady who could wear the halo crown during the time of a star day Generations ago, in the time of the Earth planet, among the stars of the Eighth Universe, dotted disk of the rillions of matter, moved in streams of motion within the body of space. The swirl of life was strong, and the force of energy prevalent throughout the system. But in the course of time, certain thought germs developed within the heavens among the celestials. Consequently, Many entities of the celestials began projecting turbulence within the system. So it was, the entities called the celestials strove one against another until there was war in the heavens. In the pictures of signals, one may reach into many reflections ago. In the mirror of such reflections, memories speak from the dawn, a story of three spirits of God that came from the thrones. These three are part of the seven spirits of God whose highest aura soul presence is always before God Elohim I am. Although each of these spirits represent an order composed of many millions of angels that constantly descend and ascend the staircase of God's mind waves, each order is called one spirit. The three that came are the seraphim, the judges, known as the fiery essence, the ophanim, the creators, known as the wheels, and the cherubim, the watchers, known as the guardians. Don't confuse these watchers, which were the good watchers, with some watchers that are mentioned in Bible works uh, that were not the good watchers. Everything was progressing in the excellence of the plan and in the beauty of unity until Lucifer, a cherubim angel, was assigned as a temporary overseer of the Ophanim order. 
It was then that Lucifer decided to coach away the Ophanim's loyalty. For when the leaders of the Ophanim went into creation, and he knew that he would be in charge, he consigned that that was a excellent time to do his thing. The dark blur has built many provocations, but when the first signs appear, they know, then know, that neither will the dark blur, nor they daubed with this stigma, brand continue. For the voice of the first sign will say, You have cast fire into God's sanctuary. Therefore your broad arrows shall fly no more, and neither shall you be any more. But unto the destinata, the holy manifest, will be the voice that speaks first, and the last signs, and they shall see through healed eyes, so that all that appears gloom and doom to the followers of the dark blur will be seen by the destinata as inverted to glory and divine favor. Here, O destinata, I give you peace, so that you need not eat your bread with quaking, so that you need not drink your water with trembling. The holy manifest will be your signet ring. Therefore, whosoever or whatsoever road your spiritual guidance leads you to walk, fear not. You will not go empty, for I will supply you bread at every causeway. Hear my voice and believe, for it is the destiny. Now back to the lady and the search for the lady who could wear the hallowed crown. The lady whose head this hollow crown shall fit is the one. When you see her, you will know. Many spiritual dark seasons passed into history. The angels of God searched as instructed to find among humankind a lady in whose heart was no darkness and whose spirit was whiter than the snow. After many searchings throughout the earth, there was not such a one found. Then came the cherubim to Gabriel and said, we cannot find such a lady. No, not anywhere upon the earth. Then replied Gabriel, By listening I have heard a great consonance. I perceive the destiny of the lady has been pre-chosen. There is no doubt why a conjunction among the atoms is risen. What is to be loosed for earth is to be loosed in heaven. I have found a great revelation in the Soundtron writ. Tanuel, the mother of Yahweh, is destined to be the mother of Jesus. Therefore, you must search each new generation and age among humankind, for her time will only be known by discerning. In the course of time, after a great period of spirituality uh, and dark generations, of spiritually dark generations, company upon company of angels descended to the realms of the planet Earth to search again for the lady and to bestow the priceless crown on her precious head. In a village by the sea, the angels heard the voice of a young virgin singing the songs of David the psalmist. She was of the descent of David, and her gifts were even as David's, to sing and to play the harp. So it was when the angels saw her pure countenance and the manner, the manner in which she gracefully conducted herself they discerned 
She was the lady to wear the halo crown. After a period of time, the angels revealed themselves to Mary. And when Mary saw the angels, she sensed the awesome moment and knelt before them. Then Ali Amma, a christening angel, placed the halo crown upon Mary's head. As Mary felt the halo crown upon her head, flashes of transflowing from wonderful memory, memories not remembered swept her mind into ecstasies. It was at this instant of subaddition she saw her ancient self when she was Tanuel gliding across the dance floor of the heavens toward her king son, Yavi. Suddenly coming back to her present focus, Mary said, How shall I explain this crown to others? Aliyama, looking at her deeply, said, Rise, wonderful lady, stand upon your feet. Soon the crown will become invisible, and no one will be able to see it, except those whose eyes are not withholden. Do not tell anyone of this crown. In times of trial, you will suddenly feel its presence upon you. From this day forward, dear daughter of ages, in every generation henceforth, you shall be visioned. Blessed are you, Mary, for you are a chosen branch of the root songed in the sound trounds of God. Immediately, the cherubim angels began joining themselves together, rejoicing with upward spirals of vibrations. So it was as these angels uh, spanned world-wide uh, with their vibrations. Wow. And this is the song of Mary. Once upon a star day, long ago, angels of heaven were told to, told to go. Go and find a pure-hearted soul. When you see her, you will know. Her lattice is as pure as gold. Her words are white as snow. Her heart is a rhythm of love untold. When you see her, you will know. In a small little village by the sea, precious Mary knelt to pray. The angels began to sing, Hail, Mary, tidings we bring. If this crown of halo fits your head, you will be chosen, God has said. You'll wear the aura golden white. You'll give birth to Jesus Christ. Mary, Mother of Jesus, Son of God, Queen of Heaven, Victorious One, your smile of love is in our souls. Your story will forever be told. Mary is the church the angels seek, a church that can dance and sing, a church to wear the crown's halo ring, a pure white church of the King. Mary, Mary, with the angels dance. Mary, Mary, let your feet take wings. Mary, Mary, with the angels sing. Mary, with your whole heart sing. Chorus, go and find a lady that can dance. Dance like the winds of the sky. Go and find a lady that can sing. Sing like a melody. Dita Rita, da. Dita Rita, Dita Rita, da. Mary, Mary, Angelina, dance. Mary, Angelina, sing. Wow. Because the evil feared the good that was about to happen, in the epicenter of Tartarou, the crack into doom widened. Hellish cauldrons boiled fervently, spilling froth into the far-reaching corridors. 
that the heavens and the earth might be filled. Might be filled with the velocities of the heavenly spirals. The hum of their accelerations touched the presence of Gabriel. Then said Gabriel, they have found her who shall be the mother of Christ. Immediately, Gabriel phototranslated Un's presence before Mary, the virgin lady of pure countenance. And Gabriel said to Mary, Hail, blessed one, the power of the highest one is with you. And to you is given the halo crown of majestic orders. You shall conceive and bear from your womb a son who shall reign above the throne of David. He shall save the people from their sins. Therefore you shall call his name Savior. He shall be the Messiah Prince. Of his kingdom there shall never be an end. Then Mary said, How shall this be? For I have not a husband. You will know in that day, for the holy power shall come upon you, said Gabriel. So it was, the spirit of God's holy power came upon Mary, and her biological force was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, so that her cells began a dance of the genes, and reaching back into her inherent line of descent, latent factors ingrained within cellular properties began transmodulations. Thus the male chromosomes of the first perpendicular lines of descent, Adam, became parallel within the sex cells of Mary. As Adamic chromosomes were fused with Mary's chromosomes, she was impregnated with child. So it was by divine providence and by deferred progeny, the second Adam came into physical life within the womb of Mary. Wow. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful stuff. Well, we want to talk about about this birth of Jesus Christ. And here's what I want to share with you. You see, when the Bible talks about there are mysteries, there are laws that are too sacred for the state of mind that people are in to receive them, that it becomes unlawful even for those things to be shared, what it sets up is a a line of demarcation. And there is a balance, like a scale. And the scale doesn't have to be equaled out like the same weight on both sides. Because in the, the, the potentiation of God, like in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, if there would just been 10 people that were good, decent people, God would have spared the cities of, of a million people from their terrible experience of death. Well, I think that regardless of the huge population of the earth, that there is a balance now that enables this ratio to be opened. And the Holy Manifest is being poured out and beginning to reveal things that could not be revealed before. But it is not simple and not easy to deal with people who have become ingrained in their thinking and indoctrinated in their thinking about all the particular aspects that they've heard uh, in, a brain, in the brainwashing 
uh, sermons day in day out uh, when you put it together of over the many many years and and they're expecting things to be said a certain way and they think that that's what the bible teaches but they don't understand how that when jesus was on earth he spoke in parables because it was not given for the general public to know the factualities they were only know things in a para parabolic sense so it is now the time to open up and begin to reveal these things. And you that are listening to these messages, you need to, if I may suggest this, open up your heart, open up your mind, and, and uh, remember this. We are not asking you to join any church. We are not asking you to join any organization. We are not asking you to make any vows or promises. We are only offering you our experiences and sharing these experiences with you. There's no obligation of any kind, financial or any other kind, that we put on anyone. And we are sharing these things with you, and if you believe them, uh, that is wonderful. If you do not believe them, you do not become our enemy. If you don't believe them, that is your right to not believe them. We still love you. And so that is the openness that we share. Also, we have no intention to ever judge any of the churches and to put any of them down or to ever say that our revelation is better than anyone else's. We just want to present what God has revealed to us. And if you have a witness deep within your innermost being, then that is the witness that will lead you on into this work and into this revelation. But if you don't have that witness, then no one will put you down or will, will say something not nice about you. Because according to the Bible, the Bible says, let every person work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. You have the right to make your own opinion. That is the power of your will, and that is a God-given election. <clears throat> okay. Now, one of the things that is a big misnomer in the Bible is the understanding about angels. Angels have just absolutely been a sham in the descriptive and non-descriptive ways that they have been put into the relationship of the future, the relationship of God's requirements, the relationship of the spirituality, or the relationship of the great past, the great, great past, that which was a long, long, long time ago, which is a very, very connected thing revealed to John that the things that he was required to to know and to get into as he began to be involved in this uh, book of Revelations was that his his writing to the church, which it speaks of in uh, the second chapter of Genesis verse 19, that he was to reveal the things which 
He had seen which was past, the things which were, which were present, and the things which were to come hereafter, the future. That which was, that which is, that which is to come. And if a person does not reveal it in that light, then you're missing out on whatever one of the thirds, that's a third, a third, a third, a holy, holy, holy. You're missing out on one of the holies. And when you leave one of the holies out of the understanding and out of the revelation, then all of the rest of what you are believing is going to be missing those absolutely essential uh, um, re- you know, revelations of, of knowledge and, and information, and, every, and it's, it's going to cause much of what you do uh, look at and think that you know to, to not be exactly right on by quite a bit. So we want to talk about the angels, because angels are all throughout the Bible. And, and we're talking about the mention of multitudes of angels in many different occasions, going back to the days of, of Moses and, and, and angels even back before then. So we have got to settle down and get this understanding of angels in a proper perspective because without getting the angels in a proper perspective, then you're not ever going to be able to know the total truth of the plan of Jesus Christ. You just won't because you will not know the past and the connection to the past. Now, there's three groups of angels that are mentioned in the Bible. The cherubims, the seraphims, the ophanims. And then there is a fourth group, which are angels elect. And they are called the ophanim. But these are not ophanim that are already back into the to the full state of the Ophanim order. So uh, there are a, is a division of some of these angels elect, which are earthlians, and the, these are the people that are under the covenant of Abraham. And then there's another group which Jesus called the other sheep, sheep of another fold. And, and they are called the sons are the offspring of of Enoch and um they have a a particular uh reference that uh, most people you know have not heard they're not familiar with and you can find it in the 68th chapter of Psalms and it's called Shinons and uh, when you actually look up the word that would be the pronunciation of it like S-H-I-N-O-N-S, Shinons. And these are the offspring of Enoch who live at the Father's house. They live at the Father's house. Now, um, in the translation of the Bible of the King James and of the, um, of the other translations, uh, there are different name changes that they made. And um, uh, I don't particularly agree with all the name changes that they made. But, you know, there are technical reasons why they did it. And, uh, and I think to each person, uh, their own liking. I mean, that's, uh, you know, the way that those things have to set. But if we go to um, the book of Job over in the, um, like the 38th chapter in the book of Job, Job 
for your benefit is the book that comes before Psalms. So if we go over there, uh, it's, it is interesting uh, some, of the, some of the wording that it mentions. Uh, and, and I just, of course, really love this part of the book of, um, of Job. Uh, it, it starts off, Job 38, chapter 1. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind, and he said, What is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? And that is a perfect description that is going on in the world today. Counsel, counsel that is darkened because the words that it is using to give information to people does not have the full story, doesn't have the full knowledge in it, you know. And then God speaks and says to Job, Gird up your loins like a man, and I will demand thee an answer, thou me. And I think this is the, the moment, this is the, the hour that God is at telling people, you know, uh, there are questions. There are questions that have come into your mind. There are questions that have come into your heart. And you've known that there were things that should be answered, but you haven't been able to find the answers. And God's saying, you know, you've got to gird up the loins of your mind. You can't just be, you know, satisfied to not know these things. God wants you to know these things. And he says, you'd be surprised the information that you could have if you really would go after it. He says, you know, uh, how about answering some questions? Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Now, now God is not going to ask that of a person that had no possible way of knowing because he wasn't even born yet. He had never existed. But God knew that all these human beings had existed before. And, and, and the Bible's clear in all kinds of scriptures. It, 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 it'd take me more than an hour just to give you uh, a good deal of the scriptures that verify that, 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 you know, that we humans were born and lived before the foundations of this earth were ever laid. And um, so, you know, he, he, he knows that we know some things, but, but that now we are here in this wor world, on this earth, uh, which is called a place of lost memories. It is a place of lost memories, and the Bible tells us that. And it said, you know, where were you when the morning stars sing together for joy? And the sons of God shouted for joy. Verse 7 of Job 38. So those are beautiful things. They're, they're, they're beautiful, beautiful, beautiful things. And um, God wants us to, uh, to understand that. In verse 21, it says, Knowest thou it, because thou wast then born? But in several of the other uh, uh, Bible versions, it says, You know it, because you were born then. So it's just beautiful when we begin to see these things. Now, when we look at verse 32, we're still in chapter 38 of Job. Canst thou bring forth Mazareth in his season? Or canst thou guide Arturus with his sons? Now, of course, they, in the other versions, they changed that into the bear and the cubs. But, you know, that's all from from Greek mythology, where this, this, these humans were, 
were cast up to the stars and they turned into bears. And and there was like, you know, the mother bear and then the, the, the sons of, or, or the cubs of the bear. And so they, you know, and then there is the little uh, dipper, which is uh, part of the framework, uh, so to speak, of of the bear. And the big dipper, which is part of the of the framework of the big bear. So you got the big bear, uh, Asia Mi uh, Major, and the little bear, Asia Minor, and both there's dippers in each one of those those two uh, uh, locations. One called Asia Major, which is the big bear, and it, but it's also called, you know, um, the the place of of the 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 large. Uh, shepherding, where, where the where, where the, the the large hold uh, for the, for the for the the shepherd's uh, uh, sheep, you know, and then the little dipper is for uh, just a special smaller group of special sheep, and and uh, that is the little bear. Uh, so whether you call it the bear or cubs, it still when you follow through the history of it comes back to be put to relating uh, to humans and these people are called you know uh, sons of Artura now um, there can be a little bit of confusion there because of the name of the star uh, you know uh, Artura but um, <coughs> we won't get into too much of that today but there is these Artursians Arturians Either words, okay to say, Artursians or Arturians, and uh, they actually are offspring of Enoch, who was taken during the uh, before the flood of the days of Noah, and were taken to um, uh, to the, to the father's house, uh, which is where the Artursians are. Okay, now we've talked on that before, and we don't want to get into too much repeat. But for the benefit of those that haven't heard some of these things, we just have to repeat some of it. And it doesn't hurt you to hear it more than once. Okay, so now you've got then that fourth group, which are also called angels. In the 68th chapter, when you transliterate that word angel to shinons, uh, it is there's no other place in the Bible that uses that word for angel because it is not referring to the cherubims and seraphims or the full-status uh, ophanims. It's referring to the ophanim elect, uh, known as as the um, sons of Enoch. And, and uh, of course, there's other uh, elect, which are, you know, after the Abrahamic order. The people that are after the order of, uh, of Enoch are involved with the Melchizedek order. So we have the order of Melchizedek, and we have the order of Abraham. We have the bosom of Abraham, and we have the bosom of the Father, which belongs to the Melchizedek side of things. So we, we, we have this really, really uh, intricate uh, twinship type of thing uh, that is a, a, a part of an incredible unfolding that is uh, to be given to the people of God so that they can understand the, the awesomeness of this whole revelation. And, and um, uh, the, the thing with the angels is big. There's seraphim, there's cherubim, there's, there's ophanim, there's the Artursians, which are the ophanim angels elect. 
And Jesus says that when this overcoming is finished, that the angels who have been made a little less than what they were before by becoming, uh, by falling into the matter of human bodies uh, during the fall of the angels. And, and keep in mind, this is one thing people really get confused. A lot of people think of fallen angels as only being evil. That is 100% wrong. The angels that were co-owned, co-owned with Lucifer, when the war ended and they came out of Lucifer, just like the Bible describes Jesus coming forth out of the Father, when they came out of Lucifer, there was legions and legions and legions of them. And they, they were the fallen angels that fell with Lucifer. They were formerly cherubim. And the other fallen angels are the Ophanim. And the, the angels that fell from the connection as being co-un to Lucifer, uh, they were immediately called demons. Uh, but the, the people that, that fell of the Ophanims were called fallen angels. And only if they rejected their salvation do they then have, have the probability of becoming demons also. So that's very important because a lot of people say, oh, fallen angels, and they immediately think you mentioned fallen angels. That's just something evil. That's because they don't know the whole story of the Bible. They only know a part. And they don't know that which was and that which is and that which is to come in the synchronization, uh, you know, of, of it all uh, being rhythmically uh, uh, harmonized uh, together. So it's, it's very important to know that uh, synchronization, that, that, that whole truth. And um, they tell me that sometimes I speak so fast that I don't enunciate some of my words <laughs> say them cor totally correctly because I talk so fast, read so fast, uh, and I know that happens. Bear with me and forgive me. Uh, I just have this deep well of, of, of springing uh, things that I want to share, and, and I just want to get it out. And sometimes, you know, I, I just dread how fast the, the clock hand turns because, uh, you know, it's uh, wanting to beat me to the punch before I can get all these things out that I just want you to know. I want you to know. I want you to hear. I want them out so that there's a record. These things have been received so that they're shared with the people. And if the day ever happened that I'm taken away, uh, that there will be a lot of this word out. And, and uh, it's, it's just important uh, for, for people to, you know, to be fair and honest to think that way. Now, we're still talking about the angels. Now, the word angels, that's one of the things that in one way really confused this whole thing. Because there was a personification that happened here in the transliteration of the Hebrew word and the Greek word for angel to, to, from messenger. Because the, the word, uh, the, the word that, 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 that the root comes from uh, for these entities is actually messenger or messengers. And then messengers, you know, a, a Greek translation for that is angel. So then when people were, were used that uh, personification name, uh, angel, then that sort of took over. And, and you know, it is a, sort of a pretty name, too, and I, I like it. But, but it does have a way of sort of cheating a person of the full understanding. 
You know, if we did not say angels and we said messengers and we said that all through uh, the Bible and, and there was a host of, of God's messengers that came and they revealed themselves to the shepherds about the birth of Jesus Christ. After a while, people would eventually begin to say messengers. So they must all have messages that they have come to give. And I wonder what their messages were. And, but when you just say angel, they just think, well, these angels now, uh, you know, we're going to judge them. We're going we're gonna to judge the angels. And, and that's such a false teaching. You know, that's, that's, that is so false. The people that have fallen, the, 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 the fallen ones that have been called, you know, fallen angels because they were ophanims before or they were cherubims before. And they're called fallen angels. The good, you know, the better uh, fallen angels and the not good fallen angels, two different groups, two different kinds of angels. And, and, um, uh, although, as I said, some of the ophanims can end up being over in the group of, of the, of the not so good kind of uh, fallen angels. It changes it when you say angels because, because you know, people just think, like, hey, we're going to judge the angels. And what it's talking about, you know, is not judging, like, the cherubims and the seraphims and the good angels, but it's talking about the fallen angels that, that, that as, we, as we escalate in our spirituality and we reach a point where we have transassimilated into Jesus Christ, so that we are we are operating by the Holy Spirit, uh, that God will use us to to make judgments, uh, not, not judgments of damnation, but judgments uh, of discerning, so that that uh, you'll be able to help some of these people, uh, and and uh, you know correct them to make to make the the, the crooked places straight, and and to bring down uh, the. Mountains of pride and and the mountains of vainglorying, etc., etc. So, those are things very important. Now, by getting just into that angel thing and getting all these ideas, you know, where where uh, they don't understand the whole scriptures, where it clearly talks about in Hebrew of the angels being way more powerful than than human beings and they miss all of those kind of things they miss how that throughout the whole bible the angels have had to go ahead and fight for the, for for the uh uh you know protect uh the humans and and they've they've done miracles they've done uh, great revealings uh you know they've always been depicted in every instance being far superior to the to the humans and the humans always acquiescence acquiescing to them uh whenever they made themselves uh uh visible or their presence known and and so we have to recognize the power of these angels. Now, it would be much probably better to understand about these angels or messengers if they were called aliens. If people would just say the aliens. Because let me tell you, the cherubims, the seraphims, the ophanims, they are all aliens to this planet Earth. That is Bible 100%. And once you begin to understand that, it changes the relationship of everything. It changes the relationship of everything. When you start saying the aliens came down 
and they helped us. They 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 did this. They did that. They they opened up the Red Sea. Uh, you know, they caused the winds to to blow. Why, even this man Tesla, uh, he said that he had discovered in nature the power to crack the earth right in half, and the power to to uh, to create to create solar uh, winds from the sun, uh, the power to to uh, to cause earthquakes almost anywhere on the earth. Uh, he just went on and on and on the things that that he believed that he could do just using the power of the earth. And he was just you know a certain particular human being, and we'll talk more about him as time goes on, but maybe not today. So. As we begin to look at this then, and we begin to say aliens, uh, we have to think, how does that, you know, really go along with with the Bible? Well, let's, uh, let's just skip over to John uh, chapter 15. Let's just read a few things here and go through it, not taking too much time. But, um, you know, uh, the 19th verse of the 15th chapter of John. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. The world hates you. Okay? Now, let's look at um, chapter 17, verse 5. Chapter 17, verse 5. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Wow. Let me read a little bit more here. This is important. Let's look, though, at verse... um, uh, Let's look at verse uh, 14. I have given them thy word, and the world hateth them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of this world. I pray that thou would not take them out of the world, because they've got to overcome, you know, but that thou shouldst keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Now, let's read a little more. Sanctify them through truth, Thy word is is truth. As thou hast sent me unto the world, even so I also sent them, or sent, yes, sent them into the world. Wow. Verse 25, O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Wow. Wow. Let's look at, um, let's look at chapter 18, verse 36. And Jesus answered to Pilate, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to get the Bible truth down into our minds. 
we have to understand that this kingdom, this earth, this world is not the kingdom of the Lord's. Now we know there's going to be a time, there's going to be a millennium on this earth. And there's a transition that's going to take place. And there's a, there's a holy city, we call it a planetome, that's coming down from the Father's house that was built there and made. And it's miles and miles and miles long and wide. And during the millennium, they're going to clear out huge areas of the old Jerusalem and they're going to make room for this great planetome city, the holy city to come down. And this is going to be close to the end of the 70,000 years. And when that time is finished, all of the Ophanims that are to have had their opportunity to be regenerated are going to have, have completed those cycles. And, and when the time of the millennium is finished, then all of the, the angels that had fallen, and, and the Bible says that in the resurrection they're going to become equal with the angels. They're going to become equal to the status that they had before. And there's only going to be left on the earth the people whose names were never written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Right now, all of our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The Bible says so. And what we have to work at is to make sure nothing happens that causes it to get blotted out. We don't want our name blotted out of the, Lam of the Lamb's Book of Life. But there are other, these other new creations that will be uh, even our offspring. But after, there's no more, no more, after there is no more uh, souls, uh, uh, you know, to, to be regenerated because uh, all the Ophanims, the trillion of them, have all had their chance to either, you know, overcome or not overcome. Then the the people that was the original intent for why the Ophidims, the Cherubim, the Seraphims came into this galaxy and came into this area to start a new creation that could beget, uh, uh, you know, ad, uh, humans that would advance themselves to to being able to have a consciousness to know that there is a God. That those people will begin to take over, and then in this planetome that came down from the Father's house. The, there will be these people that were that belong to i don't want to say the Jews, but that's the Israel, the Israel people, and there will be a group of them that will stay to to help out these new people that are going to be needing help, and they they will stay there and they will be called uh, they'll be called dignitaries which the Bible tells us about that. And they will stay, and then the rest will will go on to the Father's house, and that work will then continue with the creation that's on the earth. And, and of course, there's a lot more to the story than that, but we've told some of it in other messages. We can't repeat everything every time we get to talking here. And, and so then that is what is going to happen at that time. But in the meanwhile, we got to understand this thing about about angels. The angels, the cherubim, the seraphim, the ophanim, the shinons, they're aliens to this planet. 
They're aliens. You human beings that are fallen angels in human bodies, which is all of you out there, you're aliens too, although you don't know it. You're just as com more compatible in the sense as you understand it because you have these mortal bodies that are made out of the alien earth material. Okay, so we got to get that down. We got to get it down, this thing about the angels. And we got to begin to recognize it. Now, let's, um, let's take a break from that, and let's go to the book of St. Matthew. And we're going to begin to read about Jesus, Mary, and some of these Christmas things. Chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Now, we've got different instances in the Bible in which angels phototransition their thoughts into the mind of a person in a form called a dream. And in that dream form, people receive messages that's just as if that angel was here and had told them person to person. And, and they're very clear, distinct messages. And so, in the dream saying to Joseph, Thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all of this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And that sort of sounds like something was really super fulfilled of the scripture. But when you really get into it, and you really study it, there is a whole lot of deep-rooted things that you can't understand by just reading it here. First off, you look at it, you've got the angel saying, call his name Jesus. But in the scripture in Isaiah, it says, call his name Emmanuel. And the word Emmanuel means God is with us, whereas the word Jesus means Savior. Now, we could say that those words mean the same thing, but they don't quite. And then there's another, another thing. What exactly does it mean about getting pregnant by the Holy Ghost? Well, this scripture that it talks about, Behold, a virgin shall, shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel. That is in Isaiah. So we need to go back to the book of Isaiah, and um, so we just need to look that up.
because uh, there's something quite different about that and and very interesting you know i mean we just absolutely need to know it so go to isaiah 7:14 isaiah chapter 7:14 and let's just do a little bit of looking here because uh there's there's some stuff here there's some interesting information we've really got to look at okay in chapter 7:14 Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, it doesn't stop there, though. Butter and honey shall he eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. And that sounds more like John than it does Jesus. When especially when you read some of the other scriptures where, you know, they, they call Jesus a wine-bibber and a glutton, and it talks about different food things, it, it, it seems different than what it's saying here. And we'll get into that. For behold, the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good. And the land that thou, adher that thou adhoreth shall be forsaken of both her kings. Now then, this scripture of the Lord himself shall give a sign and he's going to conceive and behold, a virgin shall conceive and, and going to bear a son is connected to a whole bunch of stuff. And part of that stuff is about a time way, way before the Bethlehem birth of Jesus thing. Because it, it, it incorporates these two kings. And the two kings are explained in chapter 8. And it's very, very, very important to have all of that information. In verse 4, it says, And before the child shall have knowledge, and we're in chapter 8, sorry, chapter 8, verse 4, Isaiah before the child shall have knowledge to cry, my father and my mother, the riches of Damascus and the spoil of the Samaria shall be taken away before the kings of Assyria. Whoa. Now, there are two particular kings that it is talking about. And these two particular kings are the kings that it's referring to in verse 16 of chapter 7. And once we begin to see this revelation and we begin to understand that this thing about the virgin is tied into them. And in the verse 6 of chapter 8, it says, For as much as this people refuses the waters of Shiloh and, and, and go softly and rejoice and Rimson and Rimaliah's son, now those are the two kingdoms that the two kings is talking about. Therefore, behold, the Lord bringeth upon them the waters of the river strong and many, even the king of Syria. Now, how is that tied in to this virgin birth? Well, um, this is a really 
interesting, strange thing. Now, some persons would say, well, when it meant virgin, uh, it just um, it meant young, young person. Well, uh, don't be so sure that that is what it means. I know there are, are some uh, translators that, that have that idea. But let's just look here at chapter 8, because this is really, really far out. Moreover, the Lord said unto me, Take thee a great roll and write in it with a man's pen concerning Maha Shalahashai, or Shalahapash. And I took unto me faithful witnesses to record Uriah the priest, Zechariah the son of Jabariah And I went into the prophetess, and she conceived and bare a son. Then said the Lord to me, Call his name Mahashala Hashbaz. For before the child shall have knowledge to cry, My father and my mother, the riches of Damascus and the spoil of Samaria, shall be taken away before the kings of Assyria, or by the kings of Assyria. So this looks like almost, you know, this prophet Isaiah, he's a very aggressive person, and um, he's made this prophecy about this virgin, the Lord himself. <clears throat> and then a person might look at this and say, wow, he got to be fearful that this virgin prophecy was not going to come to pass. So he went out and he got two of the leaders that had very credible names, and he had them come in and witness that he was going to have a sexual encounter with a prophetess, a lady, and from out of that encounter, she was going to get pregnant and have this son that was going to fulfill this thing about those two kings. And then, therefore, in some kind of a way, fulfill this prophecy about the virgin in the book of the seventh chapter of Isaiah. Now, for sure, someone out there will say, well, no, that's not quite how it happened. But here's the thing. What we have to understand is things are just an awful lot different than what people think. And when the Bible says that that Jesus was after the similitude of Melchizedek and that he was after the order of Melchizedek, then does that mean that the body that Jesus took even though it was connected to the Abrahamic seed and the Melchizedek order was not, that Jesus actually looked like Melchizedek. In the baby to the age 33 and a half years old age range, that he looked because he was after the similitude and, and or or were we just talking about the order of of spirituality? Well, don't be too sure, because after all, there had to be something that the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit did in this deferred progenity or deferred progeny to bring forth this, this birth. Taking it all of the way back 
the Lord himself, taking all the way back to Adam, who the Bible says in the book of, of Luke, in the genealogy, Adam, who was the son of God. And there are people that spiritually believe, and they would have certain amount of legitimate reason for this, that that Christ and Melchizedek are sometimes like two persons and sometimes like one person. And they would have legitimate reason to, to see that. In our uh, Peace Bible that's going to be coming out, it shows the, the two witnesses as being a singular plural. And that these two witnesses, which represent Jesus Christ and Melchizedek, will eventually spring forth, even while this Melchizedek uh, three and a half years, which actually represents a time, time and a half times, or three and a half days, which represents a time, time and a half times on a smaller order, is a much longer period of time than people imagined. And it's going to involve many other people in the ministry of witnessing as those two witnesses. The Melchizedek ministry, which is the Artesian ministry, and the Jesus Christ ministry, which is representing the Abrahamic Covenant ministry. And that the plan is ultimately that the sheep that are of the other fold and the sheep that are of the larger fold, the Bible says are going to be brought together. They're going to come together. And they're going to become one. But there's a time lapse that happens before that can all happen. Now, this thing about the Holy Ghost and the child, believe me, even though the Holy Ghost triggered it, initiated it, it used physical properties within the body. Because most people, within their own cellular aspect, can go back in time all of the way to Adam. And if your body was capable of knowing how to do it, <clears throat> could bring forth latent histories, latent connections to ancestries. And that's exactly what happened in the in the in the case of of Mary. And all oh, that story, it would take me a week of ministry to give you all the facts that's in the Bible. It's so rich. And it'd be so interesting to a lot of you. And eventually we will get through the whole thing. But, you know, I don't want to tie up the Christmas story too much with that part. But I want to say something else. A lot of the Christians have not given the credit to Mary that Mary deserves, and according to the Bible, Mary is supposed to have. The Catholics have, and I give them credit for it, whether you appreciate that or not. 
But out of that age of of the woman uh, not being recognized <clears throat> to where their names don't even come up to list them in the Bible, even among the disciples who who it was proven that they had wives, but they don't even mention their names hardly because they just weren't recognized. But Jesus wasn't into that kind of thinking. And there's many things that can be said about that. In fact, it was many of the ladies that helped finance his ministry, and that's in the Bible. And Jesus understood a totally different, he was no respecter of persons. In Christ, there was neither Jew nor Greek, nor male nor female. And we've got to come into a different recognition of things because if you don't, you're losing out. You're losing out on the revelation, losing out on the revelation of angels. In many of the churches today, they don't even like to talk about angels. They, they just sort of get a mythological feeling about it. They think perhaps that the church fathers were off with their penmanship and in putting those things in that that was just a little bit of hyperbole. But ladies and gentlemen, if you take angels out of the Bible, you basically destroy the Bible. And when you say those angels are messengers, and when you say those angels were aliens to the earth, it changes the whole consensus of the whole message. It changes it. It changes it. Wow. Now, let's look at Hebrews eleven thirteen. Hebrews 11.13, here is what it says. These all died in faith, not receiving the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. Tonight, at the end of the message, we're going to play a song done by Petra that talks about not of this world. And you watch the words as it comes up on the screen. That we are, we are pilgrims. We are strangers here on this planet. We're aliens here. The angels are aliens. I noticed on Star Rise when I put one of the posts on and I mentioned about Jesus was an alien, that I had a lot less people come onto that post because obviously there was a lot of people as soon as they saw that, that just hit them the wrong way. Jesus is an alien. Oh, I, they didn't like that. And that's because a lot of the false information and the disinformation that is out there about the UFOs and, and the aliens and what they have made these uh, dragon, uh, dragon monsters out of it and all the abduction thing that they've got totally false information about, uh, people have a bad taste in their mouth. And, and so the minute you say alien, they miss the whole thing, that that's really what the angels are. And so they don't like to use the word because they, they, they have been robbed of the truth by all of this uh, misconception that has been spread around. And it, we've, it's got to be overcome. We've got to jerk that out of your mind. You've got to open up your mind. 
we, you know, it's time to get this thing straight. Let's read this again. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. Talking about these people of faith. <clears throat> but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had the opportunity to have returned. Wow. How do you need anything much clearer than that, ladies and gentlemen? How do you need anything much clearer than that? Now, <clears throat> we're also told in Hebrews 13.2, I won't turn to it, to be aware, aware that you do not entertain strangers unaware because a lot of times people have done that and did not know that those strangers were, a were angels. There's more of this going on and happening on earth than people have the slightest idea. They need to understand that the Bible says in two or three places very clearly in the book of Revelations that there are angels or aliens of God flying around in the skies over the heavens of the earth. That's Bible. That's Bible. In Psalms, it talks about the chariots of God flying above the earth. It's Bible, ladies and gentlemen. Men of God like Moses and Ezekiel, they saw these flying craft. In the 68th chapter of Psalms, 20,000 of these crafts with, with thousands and thousands of angels piloting were seen by Moses and the people. When are people going to stop minimizing and getting distracted by all the kinds of attainment going on when this incredible, beautiful truth is straining to be let loose, straining to gain wings and, and take off with a momentum that will girt you up and make you ready to come into a new mind of overcoming. God is dealing with his people. Let's go to um, <clears throat> Isaiah 61.5. Isaiah 61.5. <clears throat> And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the son of the alien shall be your plowman and your vine dresser. That's just not one verse. Look at Isaiah sixty ten. Isaiah sixty ten. And the sons of strangers shall build up thy walls. And their king shall minister unto thee. For in my wrath I have smote thee, but in my favor I have had mercy upon thee. <clears throat> A lot of people don't understand who those strangers are. 
that these are people that is that are Artursians. They're 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 sons and progeny of of Enoch from the father's house, which is also called Arturia. And they are being born in human bodies. And there's a whole process. And I wish I had the time tonight to explain how that that works. And how these people have in them that Arturian seed within them. Even though they take on a similitude that looks like the parents, there is something else that is imparted into them that makes them to be what they are as Arturians. And in a piece of time, when their brain begins to come into the right thinking, they discover who they are. Some of you people listening to this message may begin to realize that you're an Arturian. Not everybody is. You know, there's there's a scripture, well, let's just finish these ones we're at, but in uh, the 6010, you know, and the sons of strangers shall build up the walls. Yeah. And verse 8, who are these that fly as a cloud and as doves to their windows? There's a mystery out there, ladies and gentlemen. And people have not understood. They have not understood. Wow. Let's um, let's go to um, Isaiah fourteen one. It's just not a minor subject. There's a lot to it. And the Lord will have mercy on Jacob, and I will choose Israel and set them in their own land. And the strangers shall be joined with them, and they shall cleave to the house of Jacob. They're going to have a burden for the house of Jacob. These strangers that are coming in, that are the Bible is predicting about these, all the things that these strangers are going to do. They're going to do some things that the, the people of Israel just haven't been able to finish. They haven't been able to get it done. And these strangers, we're talking about people that are like Arturians. It's Bible. It's Word of God. Let's look at First uh, Peter two eleven. First Peter two eleven. That's an interesting uh, scripture, and that's uh, it gets back there closer to the to the book of Revelation, and uh, we'll just look at that right now. First Peter, okay, First Peter two eleven. Here's what it says: Which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Now let's look at um, at that and let's think about that. There are changes that happen. There are times of darkness when people go through a, a worldwide slot in which the balance of the world is more toward the dark side. But then as the slightest change begins to take place, mercy begins to open up. Revelation begins to open up. Knowledge begins to open up. 
and these revelations can begin to come out. And we are in this time. You know, Jesus one time in Matthew twenty-five thirty-five. you know, he said, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. But there's something else that he said. He said, I was a stranger and you took me in. I was an alien and you took me in. And they said, when were you hunger and we didn't feed you, thirsty and we didn't give you drink? When were you a stranger? <laughs> Jesus knew. Jesus understood. But even the disciples, it was very difficult for them to get it into their minds. In, in the 14th chapter of John, he says, I go away. And where I'm going, you know. And one of the disciples spoke up and said, what are you talking about? We don't know where you're going. He says, oh, yes, you do. He knew that subconsciously the truth was in these people, in, in his disciples. And that one day it would, it would come back to them. They would begin to remember. He knew that. He understood that. That is just absolutely awesome when you, be, when you begin to, 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 you know, to see that and understand that. Now, there's a scripture in Hebrews 2.16 that says, Jesus took not on the seed of the angels, but took on the seed of Abraham. Hebrews 2.16. He didn't say he took not on the seed of gorillas, but he took on the seed of Abraham. He took not on being a, a, a fish in the ocean. Because when a person reads that, you, you, you have to think, like, okay, if it said he took not on being a fish, oh, well, that, that's what he, he normally would have been, a fish. But he took on the seed. So when you read that, he took not on the angel thing because that's, that's what he is. He's a messenger. He's an angel. And that's why in, in the book of Thessalonians it says that he's coming with the voice, he himself, with Jesus himself, was going to, to, to shout with the voice of an, of, of, of an archangel. Jesus himself. It's just scripture. But don't make something out of angel that, that, that it's never been intended to make. You don't have any problem saying Jesus is a messenger because you surely know that. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was a messenger. And that's what the word angel means. And that messenger can be a person, and that messenger can be from not of this world. And part of their message to this world is from not being a part of this world to help them and warn them of what the truth is. Praise God. That's exciting. That is very, very, very exciting. Okay, now let's, um, let's look at a scripture that is quite challenging. And uh, it would be, um, eh, it'd be controversial to some people. But um, uh, we're, going to, uh, we're going to hit it anyway. I preached on it before. And I want to hit it again. And it's, uh, it's in the book of Mark. So turn to the uh, third chapter of Mark, okay? 
So one of the Gospels. Mark chapter 3. Okay. Now we're going to read from the um, 14th verse. And he, meaning Jesus, ordained twelve, that they should be with him, that he might send them forth to preach, and to have power to heal sicknesses, and to cast out devils. And Simon he surnamed Peter. Now, Peter was not, he was a part of the disciples, but he was not a part of this other group that's going to be named off. And James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, he surnamed him Boanerges, which is the sons of thunder. Now, I don't have the time today to take this sons of thunder and reveal to you that that connects to the Artursians. But I have in the past done that, and I will in the future do that again. But these sons of thunder are Artursians. But who are they? Let's read it again. 17th verse, chapter 3 of Mark. And James, the son of, of, of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, and he are, ordained them Boanerges, which is the sons of thunder. And, and, and there's a colon after thunder, Andrew and Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, and Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, Iscariot, which also betrayed him, and they went to the house. All of that whole list of disciples, all but Peter, were sons of, of thunder. They were all Artursians. That's the Bible. It's right there. They were all Artursians. That whole list. Peter was not. That's why he was given the keys to the kingdom of God on earth. Because he was from a different set. He was not of the offspring of Melchizedek, of the offspring of, of, the, of Enoch. He was a trace line that was Abrahamic. And he was, he was given the keys to, to do the church on earth. That's why he was chosen. And that's why he was allowed to go up with two of those who were Artursians to the Mount of Transfiguration. John and James. Wow. This Arturgian thing is not some small piddly thing. This thing about not being from this world is not some small piddling thing. Just think, how many of you have sung that song, ever sung that song? This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. How many of you have sung that song? The message has been there. And people just sing it like it's air. And it goes, goes through one ear and out the other. And they don't catch the message. There's people that just love to be here forever. But the Bible says it's, it's going to last a long time. There's a lot of people out there got it ready to, 
to blow up and be the end of it here in most any time. They figure for sure by the year 2012, December 21st. But they're wrong. The Bible says it's going to it's going to get old, and it's going to get so old it's just going to sort of fold up like a like a cloth, like a piece of clothing, and the people of the earth it says it will happen to them in like like manner. They're just going to die from old age. The earth's going to die from old age, not from some of the things that people have been saying. That's Bible. Why do people want to spend their time talking about that? No wonder they haven't got room. There's no, there's no displacement. They haven't got a room for these wonderful things. Say, so you know what? We've got to move on. Let's get over to the book of, um, of Matthew. I want to read a couple of interesting things. Okay, let's talk about the three wise men or the, the wise men. doesn't really say three, but let's just talk about them, okay? Okay, but there probably was three. There might have been even more. And it says in chapter 2 of Matthew, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. So I want to say, well, why do they need to ask that question? Well, maybe there's been a lot of cloudy days. And it's been so cloudy that they haven't been able to see the star. And when Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And of course, that's in the Old Testament, in the book of Micah. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least, art, art not the least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Oh, Herod would not like that. The Romans would not have liked that either. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. <laughs> oh, yeah. And when they heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Now, if anybody thinks that's a star, you need to think again. You tell me how that a star up in the sky can move and you can follow it. You can follow it in, in direction. When a star is over a city and over a big area, it's sort of like in the center of the, the whole big, huge area. It doesn't move you down by miles or streets or blocks and then come and stand. A star don't stand over a, a house. You wouldn't be able to tell which house it was over because it's so far up and, and, and uh, we know where the stars are. 
And if any star came down and got closer to Earth, there'd be a, a gravitational disruption of the Earth. So that could not have been a star as a star. It wouldn't have been a comet either. <laughs> it wouldn't have been any of those kind of cosmological things. But what it was, was a starship. It was a Zith. And this Zith could do that. A Zith could come down and could move and move slow enough our weight and stall and wait for the 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 wise persons to catch up and then it could go and hover over the house where they think it look and say, Oh, that's right over this house. And for you to try to say that it was a star and we know by reading the Bible that a lot of times where it mentions star that it turns out to be a person. A star fell from heaven, then it ends up being a person or an angel. So we know that star has many different meanings. There's proof of alien alien involvement for the very birth of Jesus Christ. Proof. Wow. Wow. Now, let's go on with it. And he sent them to Bethlehem, go and search for the child, they said. Verse 9, And when they had heard, heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood <laughs> over where the young child was. Oh, my. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they were coming to the house, into the house, not the manger, when they came into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Now, I don't think I'm going to have time tonight, but we'll see, to give you the scriptures to show that this that there was a cave. And this cave is what Justin and Origen, who were two of the great early fathers of the church, they believed that Christ was born in a cave. So, um, we've taught that before, and it's in some of the blogs. Sometimes a house is backed right up to the cave and, and, in, and incorporates the cage, the, the cave as part of the house. And, um, and they could have had even a place for animals to have gone in there. But there's some beautiful scriptures, and, and I really want to get into all these potential scriptures in the Bible uh, that talk about from everything about being born under the apple tree uh, to being born, you know, uh, you know, under the apple tree, rather, and to being born on the, in the crags of the rocks and, and all these various things. There's some really, really neat scriptures. But I don't know if we'll have the time. But, wow, it, it sure is interesting. Whoa. And, and we know this is all connected with when Herod did not find Jesus and the wise men they, they they received a message from the angels, and the angels said, uh, 
don't go back the same way you came. You got to get out of here because Herod is going to try, he'll tell you. So they went another way and they escaped. And then God spoke to Joseph and said, you've got to get Mary and Jesus out of here. I want you to go to Egypt. And so he left by night and he got out and he was told, don't come back until you receive the word from the angel. Now the angels are involved in all of this. Angels are telling people when to go, when to come, showing them where to go, how to go. You leave these angels out of the picture and the story of Christ doesn't get to be unfolded. These angels, which are aliens, not of this world, they're from another planet. They're from another world. We've got to wake up, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to wake up. Wow. Wow. And this was connected when Herod couldn't get the wise men, couldn't find the baby. Then he, he sent out and he had children of a certain age in that whole area in Bethlehem. He had them all murdered and killed. And then that fulfilled the scripture in Jeremiah that talked about a terrible, sorrowful thing. Verse 18 of, of this second chapter of Matthew. In Ramah there was a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted, for they are not. And that's only part of the scripture. I don't have the time right now, but if you write it down and you turn to Jeremiah 31.15 and you read the whole thing, it says, don't cry, don't, don't mourn anymore because you're going to be comforted. Your children are going to live again. They're going to, they're going to come again. And they're going to come from the land of the enemy, which was Rome at the time. And they're going to come through that process and come back to, to, to the Jerusalem to Israel. It's Bible. Regeneration. The Bible says that every person is going to get a time and a chance. They're guaranteed a time. There's a, they, they, they're, they're not just going to be a little kid and be killed and that's the end of it. They're going to get their time. They have to be regenerated. They'll be regenerated. They will get their time. Bible says that a good person falls seven times and rises again. But a bad person falls and doesn't rise. Figure that one out. Wow. It is so absolutely important. Now let's skip over to Luke. Let's get over to Luke. And uh, toward the first chapter areas there. And <clears throat> we hear people talking about that you know, that the Holy Ghost wasn't poured out until after a certain time at Pentecost. But, you know, that's just not true. That's just not understanding the true story of the Holy Ghost. Because we know that that um, Mary had the Holy Ghost experience. Jesus was born with the Holy Ghost. John the Baptist was born with the Holy Ghost. John's mother. And we also know that, that Zachariah, uh, after 
he was healed of his losing his speech because he was hesitant to believe this whole thing that that he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And and there's many others that could be mentioned. And well, people have not understood that the that the that there had been people received the Holy Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit before, uh, but it had never been a general outpouring. It was selective. And when the day of Pentecost came, that turned it into a general outpouring, making it available for anyone to be able to receive it. And that's what that was about. And that was beautiful. Now we see in um, in the first chapter of Luke, in the 26th verse, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into the to the to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin is uh, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. Angels are involved in all these things. Take the angels and their involvement, and and some of these are are like archangels. Take them out of this equation, and the Bible falls apart. And these angels are messengers, and these messengers are not of this world. And when they leave this place, they go back up into the, the universe, back up into space, back up into heaven. Wow. Wow. And there's a lot of beautiful stuff in here that you need to read about Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost in the 41st verse and how that Mary had these tremendous experiences and and uh, how that her spirit just rejoiced in God and how she magnified God and uh, how she understood that henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. If you're not part of the generation that calls her blessed, you're missing out on the uh, on the Gabriel revelation. You're missing out, and, and you're part of the of the destructive force, and the destructive force that minimizes the equality of women, and the fact that they can be chosen out to be a prophetess, or a priest, or or a minister. Or a blessed person like Mary. Praise be the name of God. Praise be the name of God. Zachariah received the name that that John was to be called John, and that was not the normal way they did it. I mean, they he he should have been you know a Zach, Zachariah name, but but uh, but. He, he, he made it clear. Now in the second chapter of Luke, and the 13th verse, said, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go even into Bethlehem, and see what this thing is that is supposed to come to pass and is meant to be made known unto us. And they made haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the sayings that was told them concerning the child. 
There's a multitude of angels here that have appeared. A multitude. A vast number. It's not minor. This is a major thing, this birth of Jesus Christ. These angels understood how major that this was. How that this was the very beginning of an act that would provide for the redemption of the fallen angels. It was major. It was a rejoiceful thing. It was huge to these to these aliens. Huge. And the Bible says God looked for someone to make up the hedge. He looked for someone that was doing the right thing. He says, lo, behold, there was not one. So they had to bring in these aliens. And the scriptures that I've read to you are these strangers to build up the walls, to, to do the repairs, to stand in the gap. And that's what this is all about. God balancing the order. And it's huge, ladies and gentlemen. It's major. And people just absolutely have to understand that. They have to get into that. It is so important. Oh, my. As I looked at the time and I looked at all of the, of the scriptures, Luke 4.10, He shall give his angels charge over thee. Wow. Jesus was named by an angel. The star of Bethlehem was a Sith. We're strangers. Song of Solomon. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. And the cliff of the rock. And all of these things are just absolutely awesome and important. The, the, the virgin, the two virgin revelations. I wish I had time to to explain that to you today, but you know, there, there just isn't time. The prophecies of Enoch, and like in June 14th, that the Lord is coming with ten thousands of his saints. How that even the body of Moses was disputed by Satan and 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 the angel Michael. How then Jude 8 it talks about dignitaries and Second Peter dignitaries. How that the spirits have a reality even more so than we as human beings with spirits that's captive in our bodies have a reality. So that Jesus in first Peter three, eighteen through ten preached to the spirits in prison. Ecclesiastes three fifteen says that which was is that which is now. And that which is now God is God is asking for that the for it to be the past that was. Ecclesiastes three eighteen it says in these mortal bodies we are beasts. Ecclesiastes nine eleven it says everyone gets a time and a chance. Micah five two it talks about the little town of Bethlehem. Revelations twenty one two through ten it talks about the holy city descending was not built on earth was built in the heavens in Artura. Wow, wow.
So here we are. Even in Luke 16.22, it talks about the angels transporting the dead, transporting their spirits, the spirits of the dead. Angels are involved in ever increment, and they are not of this world. Wow. Well, the clefts of the rock, deferred virginity, Song of Solomon's 2.14, the clefts of the rock, the birthplace of Jesus Christ. Now the main thing is that he was born. We don't have to get technical about the, the manger or the cave or the house. We just need to praise the Lord our God, to worship the Lord our God, to magnify the Lord our God. And there are many, many more things that we could talk about, and they are all interesting. But blessed be the name of God. Blessed be the name of God. I want to pray for the sick. On this Christmas Day, Heavenly Father, God Almighty, Reach out your hand of love. Let the Holy Spirit just begin to go through this transmission. Let your energy just begin to, to flow out. And these people that are fighting for health, that have been depressed, that have been suppressed, these people that have been tricked and tested and tempted, oh God, reach down tonight. Give them strength. Give them strength that they will feel has come into their mind and into their body. Let your healing virtue begin to flow through every cell. Move throughout all of the body from the top of the head to the bottom of the feet. Those who have been just chapped and suppressed by the forces of darkness, we come against those forces right now. And to every hear, ear that will hear this message, we adjure that force, and we say now, leave the presence of these people whose ears have heard this message. Leave this instant, or we will come back against you, and we will bind you into space for a thousand generations. Believe it, and heed it, or accept it. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, may the Spirit of love go out and pour as a, a soft-falling rain upon you. May those drops just kiss your cheeks as it flows down over your body and you begin to receive this healing and the love of God. Now we're going to play for you a song by Petra, not of this world. And when the song ends, that will be the end of our, of our session and of our broadcast. We love you. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. God bless you. Stand by for the song. Petra, not of this world.
Just told us men would hate us, but we 